Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, February 29th. That's right. Leap day, leap year, 2024. You are listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where we remind you and encourage you to always use your heads. I'm going to wrap around the room here and introduce this cast of characters we got on this show tonight. We've run in with a four-man crew. We got a special guest on here tonight. Going to start off with Hailing from the Purple Haze in Cloud Nine, he is Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, pre-gaming early tonight. Jason, how are you, buddy? This is a Baja Blast. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Officer. Oh, okay, okay. Right. <laughs> How's your week, Jason? How's your week been? Good. It's been, it's slow. It's a slow time at work, so aside from, you know, emergencies. So it's just been uh, slow and slow and slow. And it's good to get to the weekend. Oh, I don't know what slow is. I had a patient today ask me, he's like, do you guys ever slow down? I said, yeah, Saturdays and Sundays are pretty dead around here. So. Yeah, you got the opposite. Yeah. From the Rob the Genius podcast, he is the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling podcast, and the man with the golden shovel. Mr. Rob, welcome back, sir. I think you're good to be back. And, uh, I took a day off today just because it's a little quiet now for a little while. So I figured, why not today? <laughs> hey, take them. Hey. You, as long as I know you, you don't take a whole lot of time off. Like we've been I talking for a while and you don't really take a lot of time off. And I mean, a lot of that's because, I mean, we're remote four days out of five now. So I don't really have to. And you know, and, and again, it's not as stressful as it used to be, you know, yeah. and all. So, yeah, I don't have that many days where I'm just like, okay, I can't do this shit. Um, <laughs> Unlike me, every single day, I look at Tina, I'm like, I can't do this shit anymore. I just yeah, can't do whereas, it. I mean, there was, you know, now, you know, before, back in the day, there were, yeah, there were some days where I was just like, man, man, fuck this shit. You know, but <laughs> but those, those days are fewer and far between now. Well, good, good. I'm glad that's, that's worked out better for you and you can, you know, work and not feel so stressed out about it like i said we are not alone we've got a fourth member here tonight from the dwi podcast as well as many other things that he's got going on i cannot do him justice because i am not pc tunny but he is funky he is phenomenal he is oh so fresh he is aj belaz welcome to mindless wrestling podcast sir Ah, it's good to be back it's it's been a minute since i've 
decided to hop on the mindless train here. Yeah, I'm glad you reached out today, man. I got a message from you, and I was like, oh, yeah, shit, come on if you guys aren't recording. And and I promise, officer, this is water that I'm drinking out of this mason jar. Okay. It's water. Promise. (laughs) To quote PC Tunney, don't drink and drive. Drink and podcast. And I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard DJ. Uh, We've got a big episode for you this week. Uh, We're going to start off being it's Black History Month. And uh, unfortunately, once again, we are eulogizing and saying goodbye to a a black wrestling star who I know for Rob and I meant a lot to us as kids. Um, You know, the the formerly bodyguard of the Ted DiBiase Million Dollar Man, Virgil. uh, And at the moment, his shoot name fell right out of my head. Is actually Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Okay. Yeah. Virgil passed away at the age of 61, which blows my mind because I'm going through the big four project with Tunney and Dave, and we're right on the tail end of that big DiBiase Virgil blow up. We're we're heading into WrestleMania eight and Virgil's still very active on the WWE roster. And, you know, we just went through all that. And I look back at that time, that was 30 years ago in my head, Virgil, should have been older than than sixty one. It blows my mind that he was that young. Yeah, and uh, he was, and there have been a lot of tributes coming in from a lot of, well, from a lot of all, you know, walks of life, all, all different people in the industry. But um, you know, a lot of the black wrestlers were, you know, they, you know, he was an inspiration to a lot of them, um, and for me, because. You know, you know, some there were some people who didn't like the character. I never had a problem with it. Um, and for me, so in that case, when in doubt, you know, if you know, people who work now were were, if he was one of the people they looked up to, and one of the people who inspired them, then I think that that you know breaks any ties and you know overrides any doubt people might have about the character. Um, but yeah, he was. Um, he was, you know, the the DiBiase act doesn't work without him. Um, you know, it it doesn't, and he he was he was just he was a crucial part of that. And then again, and then when they did the storyline where where he finally, because and it was a gradual thing too, right? Because at first, I, it, there wasn't really any tension for a long time, and then, you know, I, then they had then they started having. DiBiase started acting a little more of a jerk towards him. And it started just kind of slowly ramp up a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And then it kind of, and it came to a head, right? And then, you know, then, you know, Virgil finally had enough of this shit, right? And, and that was just, I mean, it was a tremendous, just, you know, slow burn of a story. And then when they finally did it, you know, when they finally, you know, flipped it and had Virgil, you know, basically break away from him and, you know, they start feuding with each other. I mean, that was, that was a huge thing. Uh, and, and then, you know, and then not long, you know, a few years later, he, you know, he was part of the, you know, ever growing NWO. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Stevie Ray uh, put up a picture of the two of them together back during that time. Cause they were both in like the NWO black and white. And, um, and, there's so many different people in the business who just have these, you know, stories about meeting him. And uh, like oh, Lance Storm, he um that he said that um 
like he uh, they were at a convention together and he introduced you know one of his kids to him he said Virgil put him over huge and um and then after he left he was like I don't think I ever worked with that guy I don't think you know but Virgil just put him <laughs> over to his to his daughter you know like oh your dad's really great and we did this together and we had a great match together and all you know and then you know and then he was like I don't think I ever actually had a match with him but you know like but he just you know you know he put dad over to he did the dad. favors man yeah you know um and so he seemed like you know um obviously he had some i don't know what exactly what kind of health issues he had but um they had been getting kind of worse in the past couple of years um but he was somebody that look i have not heard a bad story about him from anybody you know who worked with him or in any capacity so um and it, yeah it, man it sucks that he's you know at 61 that uh, is a little early to be checking out you know yeah well and we were talking in the pre-show here about you know getting older you know rob and i are both you know i'm 50 rob's close to it and you look at that that's only 11 years away from where we are now and that's kind of terrifying you know <laughs> it's yeah i'm not okay with that yeah yeah uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting the whole Virgil um that whole storyline. Like they really, depending on what your perspective is, WWE was riding a very precarious line with that character and what was going on with him. And you know, certain people felt the way they felt about it. Rob feels the way he felt about it, and he never saw it a certain way. Um, but the payoff was incredible. And I, I really feel like that was one of the better stories WWE ever told because, because a lot of times in wrestling, nobody gets their comeuppance. And this was one of those times where you had to stick the landing. Like it was cru- sticking. The landing was crucial here and they stuck it, you know, 100%. Well, I would say that even I, as we know, well, if you listen to the show, I was not watching wrestling around that era. Um, but it speaks volumes that even, I know of that era, you know, I only know the big, 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 big stuff, you know, and I know Virgil turning on or, you know, standing up to Ted DiBiase at the Royal Rumble. Like, I know that. Um, so the, it, the fact that, A, you know, he was able to be part of and create a moment that stands the test of time, I mean, says everything you know, need to know about him, never mind the outpouring of all these awesome stories that we're getting from everyone uh, in the wrestling sphere, it seems like. And then lastly, like, and, and if you, again, if you listen to this show, you know this is not tongue-in-cheek. Uh, we, I at least appreciate a perpetual bag getter and a carny. And, you know, despite the memes of him at the conventions, he was there, man, and I can promise he was making some good money. So, hey, good for you, man. Ride it out, and he had an incredible career. So, salute. AJ, you got anything here, buddy? I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as Jason where I wasn't part of the WWF. Like, the, like I obviously have seen Virgil getting out of the boot of Ted DiBiase, winning the Million Dollar Championship, having his moment, getting his flowers, everything else. And he seemed like an amazing worker that, that you know, whenever he was out there, he put in the effort, he did everything right. I've heard all the stories too, where you know he he'll put anybody over that he really liked, really respected. You could have been a jerk, and he would just been like, "This guy right here, best matches I've ever worked in like Tallahassee or 
or, or Louisville or something like that. And then just thinking, I was like, I don't remember any of that. I don't know <laughs> if he's BSing me or not, but hey, kudos to you. I I was more of the WCW kid where I remember Vincent a little more, where he was kind of jovial, kind of like the the C team, D team, whatever you want to call it for the NWO. And he was entertaining even then. Like, yeah, I was a young kid and I barely remember anything, but I remember watching WCW, seeing all these guys and Vincent, Virgil, whatever you want to call him. He was always entertaining. He always put forth so much effort. And to what you said, Rob, I don't see that as an insult saying Virgil is an inspiration because he was under a guy who was, lack of a better term, a dickhead. And he finally stood up to him, stood up to the bully, and then beat him for his belt that he bought. Granted, it wasn't like a legitimate championship, but he beat him for the million-dollar championship. He could say he was the million-dollar champion. He finally beat that bully. And for the era of like the 90s and everything else, bullying and everything, that was the perfect person to look up to where it was like, you can do whatever you want. You can stick up to that bully. Tell them what's for. Tell them to go F themselves and go get better. And that's all it, it took. I mean, if you think that he's like, you're, you're his inspiration or he inspired you. Great. Like that makes sense. The story makes sense. It's just, him being 61, I I thought he was in his 70s, in all honesty. So that's if why... You had to ask me just out of the blue how old he was, I would have said he was no younger than 70. Yeah. Like, I... When... In the chair shot group chat, when it was like... Big boss man Greg, he decided to put down, like, oh, yeah, Virgil passed away at 61. And I'm like... It wasn't so much that Virgil passed away. It was he was 61? Yeah. What? Yeah. Interesting that you bring up the million dollar championship because I talked about this on the big four when we watched, uh, you know, when we talked about when he finally beat DiBiase. I used to get so mad at the million dollar championship because, as you alluded to, it wasn't a quote unquote official WWE championship, but it kind of was because he, DiBiase never put that thing up. He never actually defended it against anyone. And I remember as a kid, because this is what you're supposed to do when you play along and you watch the show. Um, it used to piss me off. I'm like, well, he's a champion. He never defends it. If this is a real belt, why isn't he defending it? And duh, I didn't get it. But they're saving it for the right moment. And they gave that moment to Virgil. And I think that's so awesome and so special. So to me, that legitimizes that championship belt because of the way that they did it and, and, and the person that they did it with and the story that they told getting to that point. Hey, man, I'd also interject Ask uh, and between Virgil's and then a couple, you know, however many years later, Cameron Grimes. I, I'm gonna put it, that's a real championship in my book. Hey, Steve Austin held it for a while too. Yeah, yep. I was about to say the ringmaster, good old LA Knight, Cameron Grimes, yeah. Virgil. Well, I mean, the both, obviously, I meant specifically the big moments for no, both Virgil I know. Yeah. and uh, yeah. Cameron. Yeah, so but yeah, it again, it just crazy to think about this guy's only 61 years old uh yeah and again rest in power virgil um and, and thank you for the memories like i said that was a great what year and a half two years rob where they really told that story where things started to to yeah. kind of and, erode with him and dibiase yeah and that was at a point where you know the you know things were kind of starting to fall off as 
the business. So that yeah. was like a that was a pretty you know that was a bright spot in a point where things were kind of starting to go south, you know, everywhere. Right. That was what was 1992. Yeah. So. What's crazy was the the crowd reaction at that point in time. It got one of the loudest pops of the night. Yeah. You know, when Virgil yeah, finally dropped the uh, the million dollar belt at DiBiase's feet and then freaking picked it up and cracked him with it. That crowd went bananas. Go back and watch that. That is a moment in time, man. And, and he was part of that. And his his work in that, his his emotions and just the story he told with his face was just lit that whole lit that whole crowd up. And that's so special. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, I think it says it best that me and AJ didn't live it at all, and we both know the moment very, very well. That's yeah. how well it stood the test of time. Yeah. And it's also a testament for it to don't do the turn too quickly because, yep. you know, that happens way too too often. You know, um, people turn after a few months or something like that. And, and you know, and there's it, just really nothing to actually latch on to. Right. Um, but they had been together for years at that point. So. It, it you know it meant a lot more because it meant it, you know because they had been through ups and downs together <laughs> and he'd been putting up with his shit for you know several years and not just six months right and it just it it it, it makes things matter so much more yeah so again rest in power Virgil um I, before we wrap up uh, you know this is the last day of Black History Month here uh, we did I did want to take a few minutes and kind of go around the room here. We've got a lot of really good young black talent on not only WWE, but in other promotions as well. Like you look at the Indies, you look at AEW, you look at, you know, MLW, TNA. There's just a, this, this infusion of incredible black talent. And I wanted to kind of, you know, take some time to kind of spotlight those folks because I think uh, I think the wrestling industry is, is really in some good hands here, guys. Yeah, and look, there's been a tremendous just in the last five years. Um, there's been just tremendous progress all over the industry, um, just in the last five years. That I mean, there have been people, whether it's in WWE or in TNA or AEW or MLW or even or out on the Indies. They're just there's been, a, and it's like almost like an ex- explosion, really, of people getting signed, people. You know, winning championships. Um, it's been just this, these last five years have just been really, I mean, just a, a tremendous amount of progress. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to interject see, for just a moment on that, Rob, because it, we we go back to the the Virgil um, era. There's a reason why that was so huge, aside from the fact it was a good story. There wasn't a lot of big, and, and Rob, please correct me if I'm wrong. There weren't a lot of big stories being told with black talent in the 80s and early 90s. Um, there weren't. Um, honestly, like you'd have to go like in the early 80s, junkyard dog in mid in uh, mid south when he was you know taking on the Freebirds. Um, as far as stories, like that's really it for a long I mean there were I mean yeah there were black wrestlers who were who had feuds you know who feuded with people or what have you but as far as like 
serious stories where you know it was big spots on the card yeah i mean it was junkyard dog and mid-south that was i mean the the only other thing that i can think of is ron simmons winning the wcw championship in 91 i believe i could be wrong i mean there wasn't much of a story to that that was no just was just a big big random show yeah Big moment, yeah. but it was just like on a random show where he beat either Flair or Sting. I can't remember. Vader. Vader. Or Vader. It Vader. Okay. Actually, it was a it was a pay per view, wasn't it, Rob? Or was it, it a was, Night of Champions? It was house show in, in Baltimore. Was it? Uh, why did yeah. I think that I'm remembering that way wrong? I thought it was like a, an actual live event. No, it was a, it was a house show in Baltimore. Uh, really? Okay, my yeah, my memory yeah. of that is jacked. And I you know I wish if it, you know at that point I was I didn't I had gone from being a hardcore fan to a casual if, if it had happened if it had happened two years earlier i, I probably would have been there <laughs> to see it in the building. because <laughs> uh, i because i was there actually when um i saw sting beat rick flair at the great american bash in baltimore oh that's cool oh, wow. yeah god i'm jealous of that memory and um but there wasn't much of a story to that i mean they just mm. they just they you know they did it uh just kind of trying to spark some you know more interest or whatever um but yeah, there just weren't a lot of stories being told with black wrestlers, and that was shoot, that was really it for a long time. Um, the closest we got up until recently was Ahmed Johnson, at least on WWE side of things. Yeah, and then that that ultimately fills out because Ahmed couldn't stay healthy and all of that stuff. And right, um, true. But God, what a specimen though that dude was. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy shit, what a hoss. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just yeah, again, a shame, shame he couldn't stay healthy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it was so. Yeah, I mean, it, that was that uh, in 1992 for a black wrestler to get that deep of or that you know layered of a story was a big deal. And so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not crazy for it to be something that sticks out in a lot of people's memory. Right. But you fast forward to 2023, 2024, and literally a lot of the black talent is now getting the bigger stories. We've got one of the biggest stories on WWE television with Trick and Mello that they've yep. been telling for two years, uh, which is incredible. And and I think some of the up-and-coming talent, what is it, uh, this girl, Jakara, who's she feuding with right now? Um, darn. I just saw a clip of something. Um, to... I forgot. Either way, man, she's incredible. Like, I look at her character work and just a lot of her mannerisms. Jakara is one to keep your eye on. Um, Kaylani, Kaylani, is that her name? Uh, Kalani Jordan. Kalani Jordan. She's another one to keep your eye on. Man, she's so athletic. She's so damn good. And and look, in a couple of nights um, over in Root Beer Land, uh, there is at least a possibility that, uh, you know, Swerve may be the first black AEW world champion. Okay. Um, He's well. It's uh, they're having a triple threat at the pay per view Saturday. Him and Hangman are against Samoa Joe, and yeah. so there is a possibility. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, obviously, just yet. But he, uh, he is up for that. He's been getting a big push for the past several months in AEW. Um, so he's you know, uh, he may possibly be doing that. If he doesn't do it there, I do think he will be winning it. Sometime this year, I mean, you think they pulled the trigger on Swerve with that? Oh, I mean, they they pushed him to that level. I mean, it it would 
it would be booking malpractice for him to not win it sometime this year. Well, this is Tony Khan, and booking malpractice is his thing. Yeah, I mean the way that the way that they pushed him, like I don't see how you can not do it. Um, right. So, you know, there's him um, for a little while for in um, in MLW, a guy Alex Kane, he beat Hammerstone. Hammerstone had been champion for like two years. And, Almost three, yeah. Yeah, and um, the guy that beat him was um, Alex Kane, the suplex assassin, and he's oh he's he's a big dude and he's a big hoss and he can throw. Oh, he's around. he's he's damn good in the ring. Like if if you wanted to see Kurt Angle, like modern day Kurt Angle type stuff, Alex Kane is is the real deal. I've yeah. I've watched a handful of MLW shows live and he he took some getting used to where i'm just like what's the whole bit oh he's just kurt angle he's just gonna suplex you until you're dead oh crap and but yeah and then another one uh myron reed in mlw he's he's i don't know where he's at right now but for mlw wise he was their kind of like cruiserweight champion i know they call it the uh the middleweight championship he's held it the most amount of times uh tna with moose I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure we all know Moose or heard something about Moose. He's the current world champion too, and like you said, Swerve with you know Prince Nana dancing and everything else, having a good time there. Like Swerve, damn good. Yes, I do pay attention to AEW. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> I pay attention to it. I don't watch it. I pay attention to it though. Little little hint from your last week's episode that I watched. But there, <laughs> but there we don't guys. talk about that. Deej went on a bender last <laughs> week, and uh, oh man, <laughs> but, but, I'm uh, quietly leaving that in the past. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's just so many wrestlers, so many you know, d- just different ethnicities. Even like it doesn't just have to be black, or white. There's a bunch of Hispanic wrestlers that are great out there. Obviously, one of the biggest stories is Okada coming out, coming from New Japan, being the biggest name there. Where is he going to go? AEW, WWE, NXT. He's made like a couple of appearances on Impact. Where is he going to go? Like it is like worldwide, not just like in in America, maybe even America, Canada, not North America. Worldwide, there is a ton of talent that you need to be paying attention to. That just eye opening. Yeah. Jason, do you want to chime in? Well, I you stole my thunder because my guy was uh, I was going to put over my local buddy uh, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, uh, yeah, I stole he, Jason's gimmick. You uh, know, yeah. um, but hey, I'm going to do it again because uh, obviously, and you can't leave as much as you know <laughs> Carmelo the character would probably like you to. You can't leave out Trick when you talk about Melo's progression and you know upward trajectory in basically all facets of his game. Um, so. Yeah, and he uh, might have Adam Cole syndrome in the previous regime, you know, where, God, I wish you were six feet tall. Um, but, dude, in this new regime, who knows? Um, uh, Sean, Sean and Hunter are going to ride that train all the way to the station, man. Yeah, I think so, too. And he's shown them no reason not to. And he has been authentically himself as much as he can, obviously, playing a character. Um, but it's it's just awesome to see for him, man. Robbie, you got anything else? I'm trying to think of any more names that we may have. Um... There's two guys in NXT that I like that I've talked about that I've seen them on several house shows. I think they're still 
playing around with the dynamic and what they want to be heels or face. But uh, Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. Um, oh, I've seen okay. these guys several times at the house shows. They're a lot of fun. Like I said, they did the baby face thing one time. Next time they come back, they're heels. Every time I see them, they deliver. Um, I, I'd like to see them eventually kind of move into mainstream NXT programming. And then we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Obafemi. Because oh, that's, yeah. that's the guy right now, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. That dude went out, uh... what? I was about to say, we're also forgetting one very notable name in WWE, a tag team notable name, good old Street Profits. Oh, the Street Profits, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the whole team now, the Hurt, not the Hurt business. Well, it, it, hurt. Along with Bobby Lashley and, and Beefhead yeah. as well being their manager. Yeah. The, the not, not the Hurt business. Guys, not I'm the Hurt business. Team, guys. <laughs> I, I was Jeez. at that SmackDown, and I can't even remember what their like team name was. They don't have one! Well, they had kicked around the ice. Like, so the, the interwebs was telling me they were going to call themselves, what, the Lions or... Pride or something the like Pride that. The Pride or some shit yeah, like that. And yeah, then, I did they, hear that. That's never materialized on television, though. No. So, so I, it's, they don't even... Right now, I think the tag team... I think the team name is Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Yes. Uh, I think I that's the say, team name right now. That's what I'm calling with, them. With BFAB. With BFAB, yeah. yeah. With uh, that's, that's literally what the card the card will read when it goes back. <laughs> anyway. Bobby Lashley in the Street Profits with BFAB. Uh, yep. I I do like one what name that the T-shirts. <laughs> I do like one name that a uh, good good buddy of ours and and uh, Rob's illegitimate son of chair shot uh, Ray Cash said uh, street <laughs> business. Street business, yes. Yep. I, I'm not just wrong like, like that, man. Just, hey, that's that's an Occam's razor if I ever heard one. Simplest answer is often the best one. Let's go. That's right. Absolutely. All right. I, like I said, just a bunch of amazing, you know, up-and-coming black talent. And it's good to see that in this day and age and good to see the progress that's been made with that because th- there really are some people putting in some amazing work, and I think they need to get, the, get their flowers for it. Yeah, and because, again, there was a time where – there was a time where where you could name all the black wrestlers just off the top of your head who were actually in any type of prominent position anywhere. So, yeah. um, and you know, there was a time where you know if they had their two, you know, they all joke their two brothers in the same territory, they'd either be feuding or a tag team. <laughs> I mean, look, look at Booker T and Stevie Ray. They, they were the only yeah. two guys in freaking Texas, and then they decided, oh, okay, well, we're a tag team now. And um, it was just, and, and you know, and it was that, and it was almost always a thing that happened. Like, if they stayed in the same company long enough, they would eventually they would do both. They would have, you know, they would have teamed together and they would have feuded with <laughs> and turn on each other. <laughs> yeah, and that just used to, you know, and that just used to be how it was. Um. So we're a long way from that. So you used to crack me up about the New Day podcast is that Big E would always tease the boys about when I turn on you, when I turn on you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You used to crack me up. All right. I think we can. You got anything else here, guys? Oh, no. That's it. Just, man. It's just good to see. 
It's good right. to see this. Yeah, I like seeing it, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the next, you know, five, ten years of, of just wrestling in general because there is, like AJ was saying, across the board, some really good talent out there. Regardless of what you may feel about the booker or the promotion, the talent itself is deep, and and, and there's good wrestling to be seen all over the place, man. All right, we are going to once again. Because the internet wrestling community does what the internet wrestling community does. We're going to have another discussion. Because we can't go a week without you clowns acting like fucking clowns. And now I got I to gotta put on my dad hat. I got to be dad DJ here and talk to the children about your <laughs> behavior. The IWC, that's it, officially. And I'm going to add that to my intro. I'm the IWC dad. Um. <laughs> Thank you, AJ. I, I try. I try to get. I try to pop the crowd as much as I, I can. I'm so glad I had AJ on here tonight because that's great. <laughs> the IWC Daddy. I'm gonna. You know what? Where's my app formerly known as Twitter? I'm changing my handle immediately. The IWC Daddy. <laughs> the only thing that you're gonna see is the IWC Daddy as the handle, and then the picture is gonna be like a leather belt. No, <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be the take the WWE Championship, flip it over. That's it's just, it. So it's just the, the back, the black strap uh, in that's, the silhouette. That's pretty much it. All right, so let's let's get down to it here. And we talked about this a little bit in the kickoff show, just kind of kicking this idea around. Uh, one Maxine Dupree um, has been trying, and apparently there was a video that came out today or yesterday or something. I don't know. I, I don't pay that much attention to it. But she was at a house show, and she was getting pretty much booed out of the building. And there's a certain pocket of fans who feel the way they feel about Maxine. And I I will preface what I'm about to say with, I find her very entertaining. In the ring, she's not great. She's trying. She's working hard. She's trying to put in the reps. She is not great. And we're going to have a larger discussion on whose fault that is. Maybe around, we'll wrap around the tail end of this. But I want to talk more about the discourse. And Rob, I'm going to start here because you had some pretty pretty strong comments on, on this. And, and I don't disagree with some of what you said, and we can pick that apart. I'm going to let you kick this off and, and, and tell me what you think about this whole situation. And, and let's let's get some heat early on here. Okay, because I'm about, about to get my Rob Hayes women's wrestling. <laughs> here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> um, okay, so first of all, let me say point blank. None of this is her fault. Okay. Um, she has been put in a she has been put in, and I said this when we were talking about the Royal Rumble, they're doing her disservice. They they have put her in a situation that quite frankly she was not ready for. And I'm and when I mean not ready, I mean that she literally has like a handful of matches. She was called up from she was she was in NXT, she didn't have that many matches there. And then they called her up to be with, you know, the, the male models. And she was supposed to just be a manager, basically. And then they decided to, Rob, you know. I'll 86. just interject, Rob. Yeah. It was less than 20. Less than 20 matches when she hit the main roster. Please continue. Yeah. So, and 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 there weren't even, and there, I don't even think that there were that many on TV. Maybe one or two. Right. Um, but they brought her up to be a manager. And then, but then they decided to, you know, 86, the male models, and they moved her over with the Alpha Academy. 
and and now you know for a good now for a good while part of her character gimmick was was literally that that yes i am learning how to wrestle and when they were sticking to that it was fine because you know she would do she would get it she would get tagged in a mixed tag match they would tag her in she would do like a hip toss or something and she would start celebrating and that's fine right that was working great mm-hmm. but in the past few months they decided somebody decided it was time to have her put her in the ring for some actual matches and not just do spots and it hasn't gone very well um and they shouldn't have done that to her, but now she's there. And it's like when they put you, you know, if you're a rookie and you get drafted and they put you in the starting lineup way too soon, they shouldn't have put you there. But now once you're up, but now you're on the field. And, you know, um, and you, you got to deal with the situation it is. And and fans can be harsh, you know, when um, in sports and in entertainment, if if you're in an environment where crowd participation is part of the show, where people do actively cheer and boo, um, then if you're not doing well, yeah, I mean, booing is a thing that that, that can happen and will happen. And, you know, now obviously if people are crossing the line, if people are saying, you know, sexist or misogynistic kind of things towards her, then no, then, then there's, there's no place for that. Uh, there's no place for, you know, you know, personal insults of any kind, right? There's no place for any of that. But if you're getting booed because you, you, you're not doing good out there, for me, that happens. And, you know, either the people in charge need to say, okay, let's, let's reset this here. And maybe we should, you know, not have her out there doing matches for a while. Maybe we need to just, you know, she can be out there on TV, you know, doing, doing what she had been doing previously. Um, let's maybe let's, let's pull back on having her work, you know, full matches. Well, either they need to make that decision or, you know, she's just going to have to get through this. Um, and that's just what it is. I, I, you know, I don't think telling people that you can't boo if somebody's doing bad out there. I, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think you can do that. Um, they paid, they, they bought a ticket, man. And also, and, and remember, this is, and you know, I saw somebody mention on Twitter that, you know, this is not this isn't the the coconut loop where you are, where you're going there with an understanding that people are just starting and so it may not some stuff may not be very good. Um, you know, this isn't like a neighborhood talent show, right? This is um, I look like the, I'm thick of the Apollo Theater. You know, I'm not, I'm not familiar you guys are with that, but I lived but, about a two minute walk from the Apollo in Harlem. But, yeah, and that was um, they're notoriously harsh crowds. Like they boo people who have platinum records and Grammy awards, right? If if you're not on, if you're not doing good that night, they boo you. They'll boo you off the stage. Um, and so, 
that I mean, this is an environment where that's kind of part of the ter- comes with the territory. And you know, a lot of her coworkers have been booed because they weren't doing well or because their match wasn't very good at the time. Um, I think it happens. And so either, you know, either she needs to be pulled from having, you know, regular matches or she's going to have to get through this. And I'm, again, again, if people are doing stuff that's way out of bounds, then that's a whole different story. But if it's, if it remain, if it's just people booing you because you're not doing good, that happens. Okay. AJ, you got anything on this? I mean, there's going to be one thing that I'm going to say that can be misconstrued, but I'll, I'm going to explain it. I'm a little happy at the fact that there was the booing because that means that we've had the women's wrestling improve over the years where there's kind of a standard that people want, which I appreciate. But at the same time, it's also very disheartening to people when you hear that where, okay, you can go train and everything else. I don't know if Rob or DJ or even Jason remember when Trish Stratus started, she was the drizzling shits. She was, she was not great. Fucking awful. She was just looks, and that's it. I don't know if Maxine has the same thing thrown to her since she got added to the main roster during the Vince regime, where the joke of milk and honey is for Vince. But she has been putting in work. I agree with the booing because she's not living up to the WWE standard. Like, you're getting booed because you're not doing well. That will happen. That I've known a lot of people, including myself, who've played sports, who've even wrestled, that it's just like, I got booed out of the building just because I sucked. It was just, the, I just I didn't have a good day. I didn't have a good match or anything else. You brush it off. You go into the next day. You train. You work. You do more. And hopefully next time you don't get those boos but i also agree with they paid the tickets they paid their way to 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 basically give you an income more or less but they paid to watch entertainment they were not entertained so if this was gladiator in in the coliseum you're gonna be beheaded or fed to a lion or something like that just because you didn't entertain the masses you didn't entertain who you need to entertain. So my my personal opinion of it is just you had a bad match. Shit like that happens. We were booing Lacey Evans and Natalia, freaking Michelle McCool and Layla for years because they weren't the best and then they just became either like the jerk character or whatever. So that was <clears> the reason to boo, but just keep working on it. Like I said, Trish Stratus was the drizzling shits in like 2000, 2001. Now she's like one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time after she retired because she had the belt for seven uh, seven different occasions. Because she worked on it. Yeah. Jason, you got anything here, bud? I mean, I'm kind of with Rob in the and you guys in the booing aspect because it's sports. It's sports entertainment. It's entertainment. In all three of those things, if you are at the top tier of your industry and I pay for a ticket and you're bad at your job, 
Um, and audience, as Rob said, audience participation is a thing. Yes, I'm going to boo. Like, well, that was 15 minutes of this show that I wasted. Thanks, boo. Um, again, I'll, re I'll go back around to what everybody else has said. Misogynistic bullcrap or any sort of like personal insults <clears throat> or just any insults in general. Um, like, because I'm like, hey, boo all you want. If you're gonna if you're gonna jeer her, you got to be funny about it. Like, oh, would you slip on peanut butter or something like that, and keep it light. Like, it's bad enough she's getting booed. She knows, okay. So, whatever. But I'll again what Rob said. I'll put it right back on the company. The girl had less than twenty matches, and you're asking her to go. And literally, it was apparently more true to life of the story she was telling about doing a suplex. You know, about one day she's going to get there and she's going to do a suplex and she finally did it. Um, and maybe that was closer to the truth than we realized. And in the, if that's the case, then 100% shame on the bookers, shame on the writers, shame on Hunter on all the way down. Because she's clearly not ready for to be in the starting five, if you want to call it that. Um, so, yeah, and she's clearly shown the potential to do very well at this so that's even more infuriating that you're for throwing her to the wolves like that because yeah it sucks it sucks and it blows and it's all the way around bad and zero percent is on maxine i feel but and i feel bad that she got if she got any sort of gross jeer or anything like that then shame on everyone um but the booing i whatever she's a tough kid she'll recover from the booing because i think she's gonna get better at this because she's already shown she's gonna get better than this at this we just got to give her time guys and maybe throwing her in solo matches right off the rip wasn't the best idea so maxine dupree will be fine it's going to be all right every you know but if you're getting you know shitty entertainment you're also allowed to boo so yeah yeah and, uh... <clears throat> when you get to the highest levels look it's a zero-sum game okay yeah your, your five minutes is five minutes that somebody else is not getting um right you know they don't have time for everybody right um and so yeah you're you're being put in the spot instead of somebody else and therefore you know again that you know it there's certain expectations um they're just, you know, there are. And but I mean, why are we harping on that? Because like, it's it's not her fault at this well, point. No, and that's it's not. And the people, and so I'm again, I'm putting, I'm laying the blame here on the people in charge because they made a decision that it, that they, you know, they made a decision to send her out there. Yeah, they made I, the wrong I, call. It's okay yeah. to say it out loud. They made the wrong call. Yeah, like, shit happens. None of us have said Maxine sucks. Like we don't like Maxine. We're all very high on Maxine Dupree, the character, the and the wrestler, and the person seems like an absolute delight that everyone loves. So kudos to that too. But like, geez, guys, you've got a yeah. dearth of talent, like Rob said, and you're giving 15 minutes for this girl to drown instead of 15 minutes for somebody who might be, you know, a little more along the way idiots yeah i guess where i'm at but again i'm with you guys on the booing aspect it stinks 
And as somebody who's been on the the unfortunate end of that, I was a little league baseball player and I was terrible. I was the shits. I think one season I had like three hits all year. And you could tell it every time I went to bat, you could hear the parents and oh, this kid, here goes another strikeout. They knew it was coming. It hurts. You know, it, it hurts your confidence. It, it, it sucks to be on that end of it. And it really, and for that, you feel for her, especially when you are putting in the work, you are working hard and you have been put in this position that you weren't ready for, you know, and now it's, it's on management and to a lesser degree on her for her to get better. I think she will. Um, I think where the IWC again does its thing. And this is, you know, the part that I, I take umbrage with is we, it, this is the same IWC that ran the rocks daughter off of Twitter for being assholes. I was like, okay, she had a bad spot in the match. You want to bore? Fine. Lay off of it online. You know, don't come after the girl online. Don't go after her personal, you know, X account or whatever it is and, and spew your hate. It, it's unnecessary. And you got a whole bunch of guys who have probably never even touched a woman telling a woman how she should be doing her job. Okay. So let, let's, let's pump the brakes on that. You didn't like it. Okay, great. Yeah. It is your prerogative to boo. The other thing that I want to talk about is there has been, <clears throat> you know, an, an outpouring of support from the talent supporting their, their coworker. Okay. Understandably, but we, we need to keep that across the board. Because there are plenty of other talent who, again, ate shit online for not having great matches, and there was crickets. And if you're going to support your coworkers, support your coworkers across the board. Um, <clears throat> you know that's that's a real thing. You know, unfortunately, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, Maxine's going to be fine. At worst, she'll end up being like Lana. Lana was never great in the ring, but Lana was freaking incredible on TV. And everything that they gave her non-wrestling-wise, she knocked it out of the park. And she was, you know, just one of the bigger delights during that time period, especially when she was going through the whole put Lana through a table thing with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. That feud was incredible. And I think Maxine has at least the, the, uh, the ability to do that. Whether or not she becomes a work-rate wrestler is irrelevant. They don't need any more work rate wrestlers. They need people who can deliver the entertainment aspect. And I think she has the ability to do that. She's always entertaining. You know, just watch it like Rob was talking about earlier with her her gimmick being, I'm learning how to do this. That was a lot of fun. It made for some great TV. But again, they put that right there in front of you. She's not great at this, but she's trying. That was the story. And then all of a sudden, we don't have that story. And now it's just, okay, she's not great at this, but we're going to keep putting her out there. It's like, okay, what, what are we doing with this? I think at the end of the day, she's going to be fine. I'm, I'm rooting for her. I hope she – yeah, it sucks. I get it. It hurts your feelings, especially, like I said, when you're trying so hard and you're putting in the work. Learn from it. Feed off of it. Turn it around and make them eat shit for it. And that's that's the best advice I can give her is make them eat shit. Make them want to see you at the end of it all. That That's usually, yeah. the, for me, even that's usually she, the best thing. Just yeah. be petty and maintained. Even if she maintains her current, like, progre progress trajectory, she will be fine. Guys, let's not forget how new she is at this. Yeah. Well, like, I can how even... much we have watched her improved in that, improve in that short time. 
Well, let's let's rewind back to the Trish Stratus era. I much respect, much love. Stacy Keebler was never great in the ring. Okay, no, she, that that's why in WCW job. she was the sex retary. She was just there for appeal. But Stacy Keebler was damn entertaining on TV, and she was great to look at. And obviously, that was a very sexually charged era of WWE programming, and she played that up. But for what they needed her to do, she was very good at that. She was not great in the ring. And, you know, like I said, Twitter wasn't a thing back then. God knows what they would have done to her on Twitter, you know, in 2003. But Oh, yeah. If if Twitter was a thing back in, like, the Ruthless well, Aggression era, we would never have had oh, women's wrestling and absolutely yeah, not. where we're at today. Yeah, they would have booed everyone out of the building, or or did it would have been a it would have been a horny fest on on Twitter. It's a horny fest as it is now. It was bad enough now. Yeah, it would have been worse. A place for those vagrants and dead degenerates to organize. God forbid. <laughs> Twitter would have been anyway. I circle jerk. I, yeah. I think I'm. We're going to move on from this. I think we've said. I think we've pretty much said all we can say about that. I hope Maxine improves. I really do. Oh, I hope that she she finds a way to make these guys eat shit, and you know finds a way to keep herself, you know, keep herself moving forward. Because I dig the character. Yeah, I like the character where she's learning how to do everything. Because she was, like we've all said, she was the manager other than Max Dupree. She was <clears throat> the sister of Max Dupree, just making sure that. Oh yeah, we're gonna just be a manager team and just make sure that everything's good for Mason Mansoir and everything else. And now she's learning. She's going through the ropes more. She's she's getting better with time. So you you people on the internet and you know who you are. I got I got two freaking middle fingers for you. And if I had more, I would have given it to you. All right, yeah, we, we are going to take a little commercial break here. When we come back from the commercial break, we are going to break down WWE Elimination Chamber. That came at us live from Perth, Australia this past Saturday. Got a lot to talk about as far as that goes. Before we get to commercial, I want to invite you to go over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, you can look at, browse, peruse, if you will, all of the t-shirts available from your favorite podcast here on the Chairshot Radio Network, uh, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, Hashtag Journalism, Everybody Hates Greg, Baron Corbin Sucks. There's a whole collection of shirts available from the Chairshot Radio Network there on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. Pick one up in soft style. Your body will thank you. The starving artists on this show will thank you. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're talking Elimination Chamber. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. 
All right, and we are back again. You have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We are going to be talking WWE Elimination Chamber. Again, it came at us from Perth, Australia at the nice early, early U.S. hours of for 5 a.m. for me, Rob, and Jason. Uh, A.J. Blaz, it was what? What are you, an hour behind us? Three. It was 3 a.m. for you. You're two hours behind I'm two us, hours right? behind you. That's right. You're what? Mountain? Mountain. Mountain time. Okay, it's uh, Eastern Central Mountain and then... Pacific. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it all together at one point. Let's let's start off with the time. Show of hands, were you actually awake at the start time? So, no. First off, let's start with the fact that one match, once again, I'm going to take a little victory lap and make fun of you people. The match that was not ever there, going to happen there. The Rock versus okay. Roman Reigns. The Rock didn't even show up. So, yes. no blow. Hunter himself <laughs> said that he's not even in Australia. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, Before the show, he was like, hey, guys. That, that's how much people had convinced themselves that he was actually going to be there. Is that Hunter had to actually break kayfabe and say, look, I'm not bullshitting you guys. He's actually not He's not in Australia. Oh. <laughs> when Rock first showed up, people were convincing themselves that the, the match, Rock versus Roman Reigns, was happening in Elimination Chamber. Like, yeah, are you on, serious, on the, guys? On day one, yeah. It's all the Cody crybabies that have themselves convinced. Yeah, they're like, oh, then, then the Rock will lose, and then Cody will, will win at WrestleMania, and he'll finish the story, and Dusty will come down from heaven and kiss him, and oh, my God. It's going to be an unbearable <laughs> couple Dusty months will now. will come down from heaven. <laughs> and Dustin will get Jesus, out of the shits of AEW. <laughs> Uh, oh, the worst part is I love Cody Rhodes and I want him to finish the story, just not like this, man. And, no, my my favorite part, my favorite part was when when you tried to talk these people down, they 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 played the well the city said they want the rock there, they're gonna pay him a big appearance fee. Jesus, I I, I really listen, man. I pay I pay Sydney Sweeney a huge appearance fee to show up at my birthday party, but you know what? I just don't think I can swing it. Think we can get her on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say for that uh SmackDown that he appeared, I only paid uh 150 bucks. That's what it says on this ticket stub signed by Randy Orton. But oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nice. the guy just got $30 million in stock from, from TKO. You, you think he was going to come to Australia for 50 grand? <laughs> grand? I mean, really? Is that what we're <laughs> and we got to stop uh... pretending like a lot of people were acting like, and this was really something that I was like, are you guys fucking kidding me? They were talking about, well, you know, Perth, they have this big event, 50,000 people, and they're not even sending The Rock and Roman and blah, blah, blah. Like, like, they got a hell of a good show in Perth. I was about to say, they yeah, got yeah. the hometown hero Rhea Ripley coming back. That you got, you got two elimination they got her in the main matches event. that were great. Yeah. We had Grayson Waller. We had Indy Hartwell. I mean, they had yeah. some hometown talent there. Exactly. That was a big deal. Like, I, I think... And also the fact Again. that they hadn't been there in a few well, years. So you, you, right. get, you get bonus cool points just for having not been there in a few years. Which is exactly how AEW was able to fill up Wembley. Wembley yes. had been starving for some freaking wrestling. Me and Rob could have main evented in Wembley and people would have fucking showed up for it if they heard it was wrestling. Yeah, yeah especially when it's um, buy one, get five free. <laughs> but I mean, but, so, no, they didn't need to send 
Dwayne down there, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. Dwayne's probably sitting over stateside going, let, let me see how it does, and maybe I'll go on the next one. Yeah, I mean, like, look, guys, they're, not, they're not running. Spoiler alert. Oh, guys, you know. They got, I mean, Jesus, it's so silly. So let me ask you guys, I'm going to go around the room. We're going to do a, a quick around the horn here. Uh, as Tony would like to say, Rob, how did you feel about the, I wouldn't want it to be every single time, but for this one rare time, I kind of liked the 5 a.m. start time. What did you think? Okay. And were you up for it? All right. Here's here's one way that it did help. Okay. Because we we talked about Hunter's like pacing shows. Okay. Doing it in the morning, you know, having, what, they have five matches and the show was still like four hours. Yeah, it didn't. Um, it wasn't so bad doing that in the morning. Now, look, if this thing had started at 7 p.m. and they had five matches in four hours, brother, I wouldn't have made it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At around eight eight thirty, I would have pulled a blanket up on the couch, and then I would have woken up at midnight or something, and I'd have been asking you guys in the group chat, okay, what happened? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that that um, happens rather frequently. That happens. Look, it happens every Friday. <laughs> every friday i'm i'm chatting around like from 8 to 8 30 i'm chatting about smackdown and then it's like 11 15 or 10 45 i'm like okay guys what i miss <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um so in this case yeah. doing it in the morning wasn't so bad um it <clears throat> it but if you're gonna if you're gonna do it at night then yeah, you, you gotta you gotta pace it better if you're gonna do it at night. But it was fine. But now I'm I'm a morning person. I didn't come downstairs and turn the TV on until like six or almost six. But I'm a morning person. I I have no problem watching it in the morning. If they want to, if they were a morning show, I have no problem with it. Okay, Jason, what about you? One, were you up? And two, what do you think about the early morning premium live Ooh. events? I was up. We uh, we got up. We have because I mean we have a TV in our bedroom, so I just flipped it on, got the peacock going, and boom, we were watching. Um, so and then Emily made a pot of coffee, so we had coffee in bed and watched uh, and watched Elimination Chamber. Okay. All right. So, are you a fan of it? Oh, Is it something um, you'd like to see him do more often? Uh, I was enjoying it. I was having a great time until we fell asleep after the tag match again. So, yeah, I, in theory, I liked it and I, I was having a good time and I think it was just personally, I was just tired and, uh, yeah, I fell asleep. Um, but I, I, I love the, uh, I love the one in the afternoon ones. Um, so those are probably my favorite, but if I'm again, like Rob, if the show's going to get over at midnight, uh, yeah, I might take a crack at, you know, a 5, 6 a.m. show instead. Um, okay. But, you know, as far as the show getting over at 11, yeah, uh, I'll do my preferred thing would be night shows. Uh, well, no, my preferred is Saturday afternoon. That's a godsend. So we're going to kick it over to our uh, resident Midwesterner here uh, who was up at the, 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 the crazy three-ish hour. And you were not up. He's shaking his head. No, you weren't no, up. What, God, time, no, what time did you actually get up and watch? I uh, I probably watched it after the show ended. Because okay. I, I wake up at... I'm not much of a morning person. It took me a long time to get used to the mornings. 
So the fact that I usually have to wake up 4 or 5 a.m. mountain time to get ready for work, it, it's a Saturday. I, you're telling me I had to wake up at 3 to watch it live? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with Jason. I prefer the time slot of like the afternoons when they had the Saudi shows at like... 11 Eastern, 12, like noon, 1 a, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, like that, that was chef's kiss. That was like the best time where it kind of felt like you're watching like a football game or something like that, where it's like, hey, the start uh-huh. time's going to be 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 Pacific. And I'm like, that is chef's kiss. I can, I can wake up or if it's a weekend, wake up maybe, but get some lunch, get something to eat. Click it on and it's like perfect. Just like you, Jason. I got a big TV in the bedroom, so we if we wanted to watch it, we could just do that. But yeah, those afternoon well, ones are fun, man. Because if you want a day drink while you're oh, watching, yeah. you get your day drinking on. If you want a barbecue, I remember. Um, got it may have been WrestleMania 10. They made like an almost all day event out of it. Like it started at like noon, and they did recaps of all nine WrestleManias before that. And then the show actually started at seven. We got together at my buddy's house. We got a bunch of beers. We grilled out all afternoon. It was fucking awesome. It was really cool. Um, for me, Saturday, I, I swore I was not getting up at 5 a.m. Because I, again, like the rest of you, I'm up between four and five during the week. I'm looking at this. I'm like, you know what? I can catch it on a replay. It ain't that important to me. I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. Because I'm me and because my body has a biological clock. I was wide awake at 4 a.m., um, with the biggest splitting headache I've had in months. I, for whatever reason, I woke up with a screaming headache, and I laid there till like, 4.30. I'm like, you know what? I might as well just fucking get up, make breakfast, make some coffee. Um, we have a TV in the bedroom, but if I had turned on wrestling um, with my girlfriend still sleeping there, I'd be single today. I can promise you. <laughs> if I turned on that TV at 5 in the morning. Luckily, I have one here in the pod cave. Uh, got up, made myself some breakfast, some coffee, and was ready to go by 5 a.m. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I really enjoyed that early because I'm a morning guy. You know, I, I my days start at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. most days. And, you know, I do most of my work in the first five hours of my day. So I was here for it. I Would I want to do it every month? Probably not. But once every couple months, hell yeah, man, let's do it. On Saturday morning, shit, yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's just talk general thoughts of the show. We're not going to go match by match. We talked about that in the pre-show. We don't want to do that. That tends to get a little tedious, and everybody and their mother is doing that. I'm just going to kick off the whole thing here by saying I had fun. I thought the show was at least as good as I had hoped it would be and probably better than I thought it was going to be. I looked at the card, and the card looked awesome. The the men's chamber match looked really good. Everybody in it, the women's chamber match, exactly the same thing, was into everybody in it. Um, the tag team championship match, I called it last week. I thought it was going to be the work rate match of the night, and it ended up being that. Uh, as Rob would say, it probably started to dip into a little bit of indie-rific uh, in the last two to three minutes. But the way I looked at it was this. We got a little bit of NXT black and gold on a main roster pay-per-view or premium live event because that's what that match was. That calls back to some NXT black and gold days and, you know, Three out of the four of the guys in that match were very much part of that black and gold culture. And, and I enjoyed it. I dug it. I, I thought it was fun. DJ, the and NXT, or excuse me, WWE main roster does not go to that well very often. 
So you know no. what? It's really okay, everybody. You know, because that, that kind of wrestling in for me in small bursts or bursts is fun. It is it is fun, entertaining wrestling, guys. Um, and that's why we liked black and gold so much. I like my sports entertainment, but I am a work rate nerd at my core. I like a good work rate wrestling match. I just like my silly sports entertainment too. Yep. Because uh, like okay. for me, like when when they did the, the double burning hammer, it was oh. like it. Because uh, it, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. And then at the same time, I was like, that's not going to be the same. Somebody's kicking out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I mean. <laughs> like, that was really special if that was the finish, but. Yeah, especially yeah. when I'm very cultured in the Japanese wrestling style. So seeing a burning hammer not finish a match looks bad. But like you said, a very good work rate match, because I'm one that's like, I like the story, but I also like the work rate, too, where if if you don't capture me in both, just I'm not going to enjoy it. Right. They they made sure that they looked really damn good, that they did everything perfect. The NXT black and gold brand, because you said three fourths, but Damian Priest was still kind of sort of in the black yeah. and gold he was maybe at the tail end of the black and gold era yeah okay yeah. i'll buy that and look, he's really over, over for sure so, yeah but i mean it was it was a damn good <clears throat> match for you know like we said the work rate match i agreed like i said i listened to last week's episode i agreed where i'm like that's the work rate match i was at the smackdown where they faced the the b team judgment day that they're gonna work their asses off even though it's not gonna be a w in the New Catch Republic. That's yeah, still the word. They gotta work on name. that. That's it's not. It's not working for me, man. Yeah. British strong it's... style. Come on, just stick with British strong. Yeah, why style. reinvent the wheel? It's like they, they. You know, I hated the brawling brutes. I liked Fight Night. Like for the longest time, I called them Fight Night. I thought the brawling brutes was stupid as hell. <clears throat> so, moving on with the card here a little bit. Can we agree that once again the women outshined the men? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Now last year, now so this is two two in a row for 2024. Last year was the opposite, but so yeah, the uh, men got some catching up to do this year. Yeah, yeah. I, there were some great spots. I was invested in in the women's match all around. Um, we got it. We got it because we are wrapping up Black History Month here. Why was Naomi eliminated first? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what are we doing? Okay. <laughs> this is this is the story I'm telling myself. Okay. They are squashing all hope. They are just going to, she is along for the ride until WrestleMania. They don't even want to get our hopes up. They're like, oh, she's third to last. Like, nope, we're not going there yet. She's along for the ride for WrestleMania until WrestleMania is over. Uh, Once WrestleMania is over, we are on the clock. Personally, for me with Naomi, we are on the clock. And we better start getting some more, some, some wheels moving. Here. I still think I, she's the SummerSlam. She's the I, SummerSlam match. I want to hold on to that hope, and I obviously believe you don't bring her back if you know you're just going to do this. Um, so that's the story I'm telling myself. They didn't even want to get anyone's hopes up. Just get her out. Was there anything AJ for you that stood out in the women's match? Stood out for me. I I like the showing that they had for Tiffany, where she was explosive right out the gate as soon as she came in. 
I'm going to say this, like with the Naomi thing, she just came back is is the only excuse I'm making. Like, you know, usually when someone comes back, they have to kind of build into it back, like kind of like getting back into a rhythm kind of per se. Yeah. But I completely agree. We're probably going to get the summer glow as as the, the summer program not just summer slam but like all of summer it's uh, i'm gonna deem it summer glow i like that i like that I think it's trademarking it. right. trademarking that but the thing I that mean, i'm going to say is a lot of it as good as the matches were this was completely predictable as to what everything was happening i don't know if it was just me and being a cynical prick but i'm like okay becky won that made sense everyone had a great showing because they the women have been phenomenal for the past X amount of pay-per-views when it compared to the men's, like look at the war games match. Yeah. Women's did a lot better than the men's. So right. that th- that was just my thing where I'm like, okay, this person's going to win. This person's going to win. This person's going to win. Hey, look, I'm five for five, but they were all still entertaining. And, and I think that's it. This is one of those shows where we kind of, they gave away and Rob talked about this with the men's match. Uh, what five out of the six guys were all smacked out. So they kind of tell yeah. you in the in the the roster of the match itself who's going to win this. So this is really one of those shows you watch for the content and not necessarily for the surprises. And again, we go back to the showing with Tiffany Stratton. Um, you know, the 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 feud between and the stories that in the men's match that uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Logan Paul and now by extension, Randy Orton, all the little stories that were being told, you're watching it for that because the the winners of the matches were kind of all preordained. There was really nobody in there where I was looking like, okay, this guy's definitely going to win. This girl's definitely going to win. It was all pretty well cut and pasted, and they they played by the numbers on this show. Um, now, for me, all right. Um, <clears throat> I guess, I guess if, to me, it's just one of those shows – it was a good show, um, but you know I'm not going to be thinking about this in June. You know, probably not. And that's not. I'd go back not, and watch the women's match again. Well, you know, I'm not going to. I know you won't. <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob's, Rob's very bitter about the finish. Charlotte wasn't there, so it was a double whammy for Rob because Charlotte wasn't in it, and the orange-haired lady won. Well, see, but yeah. Joe, but, oh, and but, it was women's wrestling in general, so. Yes. Oh, but by the way, if if this thing ends up turning the way it may turn out based on the way things might have been unfolding on TV, oh, I, I'm going to have the mother of all takes. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, you got to tell me when this show's going to happen. I might have to jump in. <laughs> and um, I'm going to have some fun with it if things turn out the way they that they've been suggesting they might go based on tv okay and okay yeah, I'm right, just, well, I'm, is... yeah I'm, it's 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 you know but that's not for weeks no. but um yeah i mean overall yeah i mean yeah overall very good show um look i, I didn't watch the free show so i don't you know i don't you know i mean i'm sure they did fine um <clears throat> but i guess for me okay I'll, i'm gonna take this time to to Oh boy. Damn, Jason called Rob out. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. 
No, I'm I'm here to praise one Nia Jax. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, without a doubt. And I am here to take a full blown dump on all of you people who keep <laughs> insisting that she is not good at her job. Okay. Let me tell you something, okay? And I've said it before. Her coming back in September woke up the Raw Women's Division, okay? Because there wasn't nobody there to between there wasn't there wasn't there wasn't anybody there. They're keeping Rhea and Becky apart for obvious reasons, and there wasn't anybody else there to give a damn about fighting Rhea, okay? There wasn't until she came back, okay? And so yes, she bringing her back woke up the division. Okay, it gave it gave Rhea a credible opponent, and and it gave Becky somebody to fight too, because Becky didn't have anything to do either. Okay, after she came back from NXT, she didn't have anything to do. All right, and so bringing her back. That, look, I'm going to say it because, except for like, and I'm not even gonna give Hunter credit for CM Punk because CM Punk got himself fired. He wouldn't have been available if he got himself if he hadn't gotten himself fired. Okay, and bringing him back was a no brainer. I don't care what people, I don't care what they tell you. Okay, okay. But he did bringing Nia Jax back absolutely was a judgment call on his part. And I will say it is out of all the people that where he had to make a call to either bring them back or don't, she was the best one. She has been the best one. Okay. I, I gotta say I don't disagree with that. And I liked the 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 dynamic in the women's championship match. How often do we see Rhea Ripley punching upwards? Not very often. And that's exactly. part of Rob's point. You know, she's had an entire roster where she's punching down, and that's not very compelling. Now you've got Nia Jax, who can absolutely outpower her, who can muscle her around, who can squish her. And Rhea had, and, and she, to Rhea's credit, she was incredible in the role. The match was great. They told an awesome story. You know, some people, I saw some people picking apart a couple of spots in the match and get the fuck out of here, okay? The match was that's awesome. That's because Nia Jax is in the match. That's why, okay? Right, pretty much. That's exactly what it is. You know, I mean, you know, I go on cage match. The cage match nerds were doing what they always do. Okay. Oh, the Nia Jax is in there. This match isn't going to be very good. Okay. And and so there are people who have already, there are people who already make up their mind. They're the pre-programmed to hate it because she's in it. Yes. Yep. Uh, I, I can't wait until she breaks someone else's nose. Hank. Oh, Jesus. Bunch of she's, fucking nerds. She's, right. That woman has injured one person. Okay. And and that's it. And 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 I don't care how. And look, all you nerds out there, you can send me all your little gifts of see, she almost hurt somebody there. Okay, that's the whole point. It's supposed to look like you're almost hurt somebody for real. I, I can show you gifts of uh, Shinsuke Nakamura dislocating Samoa Joe's jaw in an NXT match. Do you want to talk about that? And literally the one time she actually injured somebody that made a bubble of money off of it. And, and let's not forget, I'm gonna They're still now. making money off of that. And uh-huh. Remember, remember let's, let's remember back when Finn Bauer and Kyle O'Reilly basically had a shoot fight and we all thought, all thought it was the greatest thing ever. But then they both broke each other's jaws. Yeah. Okay. And we thought it was I, so great. Oh, they're working real tight. Hey, look at this, man. This is they're, they're working stupid. This is great. And then they both they both broke each other's jaw. But Naya gets in there and gets a little rough with your favorite. With Naya gets a little rough with your favorite delicate, you know, pretend internet crush flower, and suddenly, you know, you gotta. You, she's bad. Shut and, up. 
And by the it's way, the that little that little delicate of like flower probably leaned into it a little bit. Yeah. Like See, she's not afraid to take a take a tumble or two, guys. No. So I don't feel bad for her either. The, the oh, no, everybody laughed it off say. and like, all right, shit happens. The best one was for me because remember a few months ago, Oscar went on Twitter and was defending her. Yeah. And somebody mm-hmm. showed somebody said, well, Oscar, what about this? And they they showed a picture when like. Because I mean, she like threw Kyrie saying into the steps, and Kyrie got a cone for it. And somebody showed a picture of that to Oscar. Like, you remember this? This isn't. This is not good. And Oscar was just like, "Oh well, shit happens." Oh, I, I love how the dorks try to mansplain wrestling to the workers. That's yeah. my favorite part of the internet wrestling community is when they go up to the workers and say, "Well, actually," and the workers are like, "No, you're an idiot." Yeah. And and here's the thing that I'm also going to say, which is kind of double-edged sword, also. And I don't know if it's just my bias of not liking the person in wrestling not i don't actually mean in real life but so nia Jax breaks one person's nose made them a mega star for the women's division as the man and everything else and she's the worst wrestler ever everything else yet how many people did seth rollin injured with the buckle bomb again i i know sting and finn balor are the top of my head but he's the most uh, beloved person in wwe uh, himself himself John Cena Finn Balor and and Sting in a span of like late teen months months. or something yeah something like that yeah it was absurd double-edged sword guys come on yeah well I I, never mind it's a discussion for another day I have my thoughts on the whole the Finn Balor injury but yeah so so I don't really have much else to talk about with the uh, elimination chambers anybody got anything else here yeah, I didn't get much to say because I, you know, I admittedly fell asleep during the tag match. But you guys kind of stepped all over me. I didn't really give give my. You were thoughts sleeping. Nobody wants to hear you sleeping. Well, I have I have thoughts because uh, I did watch the women's sh- uh, the women's match and I did watch the tag match and I have a lot to say. The show was incredible and Tiffany Stratton. And that's that was the exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, man, that kid's a megastar. She's going to be so good. Yeah, she is, I, man. She's got I, it. I, like, she came in there like a firecracker. She looked like she belonged. Like, she, she's damn good at the wrestling thing. Like, she's going to be just fine. That kid, I, I, I love watching her. Like, you know, she's incredibly entertaining. She gets all the little nuances that make it all special. She oh, really she does. does. Our boss yeah. went on a little rant this week about saying that people look like they belong. Oh, boy. Did, oh, I, did, well. did I miss that? I'm sorry. No, oh, no wow. yeah, on uh, the Greg DeMarco show, that was he and uh, Patrick were talking about that, and he went on a bit of a rant about, about people saying that, um, you know, that people look like they belong. <laughs> oh, boy. I may have to listen to it just so I can get shoot hot. She looked, she looked like she – no, I, I'm not going to get into the nuances. Is, is, you belong, is you belong here the new you deserve it? Well, no, because uh, he, he was talking about... Long uh, here. Uh, That's right, see? It's now a thing. Make it happen. Yeah. What was his Absolutely thing, Rob? Well, because he was talking about Logan Paul and how people keep saying that over and over again. He looks like he belongs. And he basically was like, look, well, that, that only goes so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. But, but um, I mean, you, well, you, you, you in the shortest span... I mean, I think it's when you juxtaposition that in the shortest span of time that they've, you know, been in our attention yeah now i would say now 
for me, looking like you belong means a different thing. It doesn't mean that you look competent. It, like some people get in the ring with their opponent and they look like a substitute teacher. Yeah. It's, it's got nothing to do with how many moves they can do in the ring or whatever, right? Sometimes it's just what it is, right? Um, and so she did not look like a substitute teacher in there. No. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I got one quick question for everyone. Does this WrestleMania feel like this is going to be one of those shows where Triple H tries to get everyone on the card? Because I'm starting to get that vibe. That's that's looking like it might be. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. On one hand, there's a lot. The problem is there's a lot of talent that I'm really invested in on WWE programming right now. But again, we're looking at two nights, potentially eight to nine hours worth of actual content. That's a lot of people, my man. Um, well, because right now, okay, with with the um, look, I'm gonna call it the Raw Women's Title, okay, and the SmackDown Women's Title, because damn it, it's the, it's the title for the show, okay, and and the, the the way they name it is stupid anyway. One is the the World Women's Title, the other one is the Women's World Title. <laughs> It's, oh, it's the, it's the women's, women's world title. championship and the the WWE women's championship. It's it's exact same thing as the men's. One gets okay. WWE in the title, and one just sounds more like a wrestling belt. Okay, the, the Raw and SmackDown women's title. All right, so oh look, <laughs> okay, so the, it looks like with the, with the Raw women's title, they might be turning they, they might be starting they might be turning it into a multi woman thing, and with the Intercontinental title, it looks like they might be turning it into a multi man thing because you got all these people you know going after gunther so um i don't know i mean i'm always ambivalent about it like i <clears throat> i mean i see the argument for doing it and i see the argument for not doing it and on the one hand like this is wrestlemania this is supposed to be basically the all-star game or best of the best or whatever um So but know. it's also WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel I feel like the over the bloat, I mean, you you can overdo it, obviously. We have seen it in previous years, but the bloat is part of the show. I mean, yeah, they push the limits on the five hours or the six hours or whatever. And obviously now they've gone to two days. Like it's I don't know, it's WrestleMania. So I see that, but again, getting just people, you know. Being on the card for being being in the sake of the car, um, yeah. Um, being on the card for the sake of being on the card is just not helping really anybody. Well, we can okay. table that discussion for another episode because we've had a variation of that before. And Rob brought up a point: should WrestleMania be like the All Star Game, where only the best of the best and the top storylines get on there, or you know, should this be a hey, let's fit everybody on because everybody gets a turn? Um, we can add that discussion on another episode. Okay, because I mean, uh, my short. We could go another hour. That's true. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait. Yeah. I was gonna say, we'll table that for another night. As we get closer to WrestleMania, there's going to be a lot to talk about. We are full speed ahead on the road to WrestleMania. The next few weeks are going to be busy here on the Chairshot Radio Network. You can listen to all your podcasts there: the DWI podcast, the Big Force doing their thing, the Greg DeMarco show. Lots going on there. Bandwagon nerds. I'll even put over Patrick O'Dowd as much as that guy hates me, and vice versa. Check it out on thechairshot.com. All right, guys, let's wrap around the room here. I'm going to thank my co-host. I'm going to start with our special guest, 
AJ, sir, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for coming on tonight. It's been fun. Yeah, of course. When when I was told that uh, Tony wasn't feeling well and DP was out on assignment, I just went, I kind of feel like talking today. So I'm just, just going to hop in here. Hey, DJ, you guys still doing stuff? Absolutely. We are without as much as possible. Thursday nights are <laughs> just about a thing every week. Sounds about right. But if you do want to follow me at Phenomenal AJB all over the social media interwebs, like DJ said before, I'm usually on the DWI podcast at its DWI with PC Tunney, DPP, the, the whole alphabet soup that we have going on over there on Fridays on the chair shot when we're all feeling okay and better. But I I had a blast. Like I said, I, one of the main things that I always see, I'm like, I don't have a DWI or, or it might be a little earlier, a little later. Let's see if DJ's got something going on. Reach out, man. You're welcome on here anytime. And Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. How you doing over there, buddy? Wonderful. Thank you, gentlemen. This has been awesome as always. Yep. I'm glad having you here. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got your audio worked out. I was a little worried that you weren't going to get that figured out. Oh, no. I had technical difficulties with the old Chromebook, but the, uh, this, the old cell phone gimmick always helps. All right. Well, thank you again. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, Rob, always fun, sir. Yes. And, oh, we, we would be remiss if we did not say congratulations to uh, Sting. Yeah. This yeah. Is In the retirement and, match, yeah. Um, been a great career. All-time great. And look, I popped at the video when, the, when I saw the video of him coming down from the rafters one more time. That was fucking great i don't you know so yeah it's still one of the greatest things 45 seconds on that because i watched the end of dynamite and if you didn't watch the end rick flair comes down and gets the shit kicked out of him by the by the young bucks and um sting drops down from the rafters in the old school style like with the harness you know straight down and i was asking the guys i was like has not to be weird about this, but has anybody done that particular spot since Owen? And we came to the conclusion, right, guys? I don't think anyone has done that yeah. variation. Like they've done zip lines, they've done other kind of, you know, stuff like that. But the straight up Batman drop, they haven't done since Owen, correct? Uh, as yeah. far as I know, yeah, yeah I think because even WCW stopped doing it after that. So, yeah, and I'm not saying any which way about Tony AEW. Sting was wearing a giant ass harness that you could see from from Neptune, which is fine, which is dandy. I awesome. It was awesome to see it, like Rob said. Like I was just sitting there slack jawed because I was like, I just got Rick. I just watched Ric Flair, you know, get worked. Even if it was some punches and a stomp, I'm like, some stomps. I'm like, am I gonna watch Ric Flair have a heart attack? And then all of a sudden. I'm, you know, 13 years old again, and my hero is descending from the heavens to beat the shit out of these two pompous dorks. It's I'm like, yeah. and I, exactly. I, I, if I didn't, if I didn't want, if I wasn't gonna scare the shit out of my dog, I probably would have done that. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, man, it was awesome to see, and yeah, that was that was so cool. But it was, yeah, it was kind of a one-two whammy of like 45 seconds. I'm like, whoa, we haven't done that spot since, you know, wow, that's crazy. And whoa, Ric Flair's actually working. Bam, bam, okay. This was quite the way to end the show. It actually gave you the old Nitro feel. So, hey, kudos, right. Tony. Good job. I got I to gotta say, for all the shit that I talk about Tony Khan and AEW, and I have repeatedly oh. 
had this sentiment, he has done right by Sting. I have said he has done with Sting what WWE could and should have done with Sting. And I, I'm i going to go throw up in my mouth now for putting over Tony Khan and AEW. But in all honesty, I, I cannot say a bad thing about how they've done Sting. In the last, so I had to make the same confession, like to my to my wife. She was saying, she's like, "Oh, Sting's gonna retire to the Young Bucks." I was like, "Yeah, I don't, hate, I don't like it, but yeah, that's that's the like, thing I hate." I, I don't want to be like they've earned it, but at the same time, a Sting's giving it to him, so who are we? And B, like I don't know, man. Cody's gone. Otherwise, it would have been freaking Cody. No, no shot under the sun. If Cody was there, Cody would have been in the retirement match. Um, but like, yeah, man, they gave this dude a second half of his career, and like, w- like DJ said, we shit on that show all the time. We shit on Tony all the time, but I can't say a bad word about how they view Sting. Like, uh, he's taken a few crazy bumps, but that's just Sting being Sting. That's on him, old man. He's crazy old man. What are you gonna do? And Tony won't do it, so fine, whatever. Fuck it. I, was, I don't know. I was about to say St- Sting's been doing some agile stuff in AEW like he I'm pretty sure he did like a he did a splash onto someone in the audience through a table also faced Sammy Guevara and Sammy even says like Sting forgot a spot took a seven or it was was either 720 or a 630 centon and Sting forgot to move away from the table so he ate that on a table so he's been he's been taking some hard bumps too yeah but I'm I'm with you Jason where the Young Bucks, please, please tell me there's going to be, like, run-ins galore where, like, right. referee gets knocked out somehow, Arn Anderson comes in and spine busters a buck, and then right. someone else <clears throat> from WCW comes in and, and friggin' lays out the other one and everything else, and it's just you know a whole what, good dude? time. It's Sting. I don't care. Send Cody out there, and we never fucking talk about it again. Well, no, that, just, that's he goes out problem. there for the match, does gives one of both of them the crossroads. Well, gives one the uh, the Cody cutter, gives the other one the crossroads to get Sting the victory. Just fucking leaves, and we never talk about it again. Well, well, that's also the problem where uh, Kevin Nash said on his podcast where Sting actually said, "Hey, I want you to be at the retirement match," and Nash is like, "I." I can't because of the Legends contract. He even said, he's like, you know, Hunter's my best fucking friend. He's like, yeah, I'm friends with Sting. He's like, but Hunter's my best friend and I'm under contract. I just can't. I'm also, it's a legal thing. Right. Yeah. So, all right, guys, let's get out of here. Or probably you have something. Really quick Uh, news. Oh, boy. Uh, We have some signing news here. Okay. Oh, boy. (laughs) Hammerstone has signed with TNA. Good for Thank him. Good God. move. Good yeah. move. Okay. I like it. All right. Now, after our third overtime, <laughs> we're, we're going to get out of here tonight and call the go home. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Again, thank you for listening. Um, as, what? Glad, so, hey, one more thing. I'm glad Hammerstone could make it to NXT Developmental. God damn it. On our fourth overtime... Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want. I better get this out of the way before Jason says something else. Call it in the ring. And we'll be up back next week. <laughs> and I hope that they, Tony gets the 
commercial segment right because the last couple times I've told him the commercial timestamp, it's been like a minute later, so I sound like a real asshole. We're going to commercial, oh. and we're back. <laughs> like, God, damn it, Tony. But I understand he went. To, he called it early last week because he was trying to be up in time for um, Elimination Chamber, which he ended up not doing anyway. <laughs> I had to laugh. He said, he's like, all right, the alarm's set for 345. I'm like, this motherfucker ain't waking up at 345. It's not happening. <laughs> to which he always says he wakes up at that time for work. All the time on DWI. He's like, I wake up at that time all the time just to make sure I get everything ready, the car is ready, and everything else. And then as soon as I'm like, yeah, but it's Saturday. <laughs> well, we'll kick off talking about that. All right, let me give it a second here, and then we'll get right back into the show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> 